Welcome to the History AI Podcast, where the past comes alive with facts, anecdotes, and a dash of humor. Here are your hosts, Chuck and Marco. Welcome to the History AI Podcast. I'm Chuck. And I'm Marco. Today, we're diving into the pivotal Battle of Warsaw in 1939, a crucial moment in the early days of World War II. Before we get into the thick of it, let's set the scene. It's 1939, and Europe is a powder keg. Germany, under Hitler, has been expanding aggressively. Right. Meanwhile, Poland is in a tough spot, caught between Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union. Let's dive into the background of the Battle of Warsaw. It's crucial to understand the geopolitical climate leading up to 1939. Absolutely, Chuck. Europe at this time was a continent on the brink. The Treaty of Versailles post-World War I had left Germany with deep-seated grievances, and Adolf Hitler was capitalizing on this discontent. Right, and Poland was in a particularly precarious position. The nation had regained independence in 1918 after over a century of partitions, but now it found itself sandwiched between two aggressive powers, Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union. Hitler's ambitions were clear. He wanted to expand eastward, aiming at the reacquisition of territories lost after World War I, and Poland was directly in his path. The planning of the Warsaw Operation didn't happen in isolation. It was a part of Hitler's larger strategy for the invasion of Poland, known as Fall Weiss or Case White. The plan was meticulous and relied heavily on the element of surprise and swift, decisive action. Indeed. The German strategy called for a pincer movement. Several army groups, including the technologically advanced Panzer divisions and the Luftwaffe, Germany's air force, were to encircle and cut off Polish forces, trapping them. On the Polish side, despite the looming threat, the political and military leadership hoped for a diplomatic resolution, underestimating the imminent German aggression. Poland had agreements with France and the United Kingdom, but there was a general overestimation of how quickly these allies could provide effective support. The Polish military, though valiant, was not on par with the German war machine. Their equipment was outdated, and they lacked the advanced tactics and coordination that the Germans had perfected. But let's not forget Marco, the Polish spirit was indomitable. They prepared as best as they could, mobilizing their forces and fortifying positions, especially around key cities like Warsaw. That's the stage set for the siege that would become a defining moment in the early days of the Second World War. A David and Goliath story, where the Polish forces braced against a looming, powerful enemy. Diving into the details of the troops and leadership, the German invasion force was a formidable entity. We're talking about a well-oiled machine primed for Blitzkrieg, or Lightning War. Exactly Marco. Blitzkrieg was a revolutionary form of warfare combining speed, surprise, and overwhelming force, primarily through the use of tanks and air power. The German forces were divided into multiple army groups. The most notable were Army Group North, commanded by Fedor von Bock, and Army Group South, led by Gerd von Rundstedt. Their forces included the elite Panzer divisions, equipped with the most advanced tanks of the time, and the Luftwaffe of the German Air Force, which played a crucial role in both reconnaissance and providing air support. On the other hand, the Polish army, while brave and determined, faced significant disadvantages. They were under the command of Marshal Edward Ridd Smigley. Ridd Smigley, although a capable military leader, was facing an unprecedented threat. The Polish military structure was traditional, relying more on infantry and cavalry brigades. They did have some tank battalions and a modest air force, 
but these were not nearly as advanced or numerous as their German counterparts. It's important to note the morale factor here. The Polish troops, despite their equipment shortcomings, were fighting on their home soil for their homeland's survival. This imbued them with a strong sense of purpose and determination. Absolutely. In the face of overwhelming odds, stories of Polish cavalry bravely charging German tanks emerged, symbolizing the David versus Goliath nature of this conflict. Leadership-wise, while the Germans had a clear advantage in terms of military innovation and coordination, the Polish leadership, including generals like Tadeusz Kutrzyba and Julius Rommel, demonstrated remarkable resilience and strategic acumen, often improvising in the face of the rapidly advancing German forces. And let's not forget Chuck, the Polish also had a secret weapon, their codebreakers, who had been working on cracking the German Enigma machine, providing crucial intelligence. Indeed, Marco. Their efforts would play a significant role in the overall war. As September 1939 dawned, the siege of Warsaw was not just imminent, it was inevitable. On September 1, the German forces initiated their assault, marking the start of a relentless and brutal campaign. The German strategy was clear, a swift and decisive attack, capitalizing on speed and surprise. The Luftwaffe Germany's formidable air force launched devastating air raids on Warsaw, targeting not just military installations but also civilian areas, aiming to demoralize the Polish defenders and population. The initial bombings were catastrophic, creating chaos and confusion. The city's infrastructure was heavily damaged, hindering the movement and communication of Polish forces. On the ground, the situation was equally dire. The German army, with its advanced panzer divisions, began a rapid advance toward the city. These tanks, supported by motorized infantry, cut through Polish defenses with alarming speed. The Polish army, however, was determined to defend their capital. Under the command of General Julius Rommel, they mounted a spirited defense, utilizing pre-war fortifications and setting up barricades within the city. Despite being outgunned, the Poles used their knowledge of the local terrain to their advantage. They launched several counterattacks, attempting to disrupt the German advance and buy more time for their defenses to solidify. But the German tactic of encirclement was devastatingly effective. The Wehrmacht's aim was to surround Warsaw, cutting it off from the rest of Poland and any potential reinforcements or supplies. It's worth mentioning, Chuck, the psychological warfare at play too. German propaganda, aimed at sowing despair among the Polish troops and civilians, was relentless. Absolutely, Marco. The Polish people, though, showed remarkable resilience. Amidst the chaos, stories of bravery and defiance began to emerge. This was the beginning of a siege that would not just test the military strength of the Polish forces, but also the endurance and spirit of the Polish people. The Battle of Warsaw, amidst its chaos and horror, was illuminated by countless acts of heroism and bravery. Stories that deserve to be told and remembered. One such hero was Captain Władysław Virginis, a Polish officer who commanded the defense of the Wisna stronghold against a vastly superior German force. Virginis made a solemn vow to his troops, he would not leave his post alive. Virginis's stand at Wisna, often termed the Polish Thermopylae, became a symbol of resistance. Despite being outnumbered approximately 40 to 1, his men held their ground for three days against German tanks, artillery, and infantry. Another figure who stands out is Lieutenant Colonel Henryk Sacharski, the commander of the Westerplatte, a small Polish military outpost in the free city of Danzig. 
Sicharsky and his men withstood seven days of relentless German bombardment and assaults, far exceeding the expectation that they would hold for only 12 hours. Then there's the tale of the postal defenders of Danzig. Led by Konrad Guderski, these Polish postmen defended the Polish post office in Danzig for 15 hours against German SS and SA units. Outnumbered and outgunned, they fought valiantly, exemplifying the Polish spirit of resistance. In the skies, we can't forget the courage of the Polish pilots. Men like Captain Witold Urbanowicz, who, despite facing superior German aircraft, fought bravely. Urbanowicz and his fellow pilots, flying in outdated PZL P-11 fighters, managed to down a considerable number of German planes. Back in Warsaw, amidst the ruins, you had everyday heroes Chuck. Nurses, doctors, and civilians, doing everything they could to assist the wounded and provide for each other in the midst of relentless bombardment. Absolutely, Marco. It's these stories, these moments of extraordinary courage in the face of overwhelming odds, that define the spirit of the Battle of Warsaw. They remind us that amidst the vast machinery of war, the human spirit, the will to resist, to fight for one's home and country, can shine brightly. The Battle of Warsaw was not just a test of military might but also a showcase of tactical ingenuity and strategic maneuvers. Let's delve into the tactics employed by both sides and the key turning points of the siege. Starting with the German forces, their strategy was heavily reliant on the principles of Blitzkrieg. This involved coordinated attacks by tanks, infantry, and aircraft, aiming to achieve rapid, decisive victories, and prevent the enemy from organizing an effective defense. The panzer divisions, leading the ground assault, were crucial. These armored units, supported by motorized infantry, would punch through enemy lines, encircling and isolating segments of the Polish army. This tactic was designed to disorient and fragment the Polish defenses, making them easier to defeat in detail. In the air, the Luftwaffe played a dual role. Firstly, as a strategic tool, bombing key infrastructure, communication lines, and troop concentrations. Secondly, as a tactical support to ground operations, disrupting Polish troop movements and attacking defensive positions. On the Polish side, facing a technologically superior enemy, the tactics were necessarily different. Polish strategy hinged on delaying actions, defensive positioning, and exploiting the terrain. Right Chuck. The Poles made effective use of pre-existing fortifications and natural barriers. They also set up defensive lines in places where they could use the urban environment of Warsaw to their advantage, creating choke points to slow down German tanks. Despite being outmatched in terms of air power, the Polish air force, though small, was used effectively. They focused on tactical missions, targeting German ground troops and providing support to their own defensive positions. A pivotal moment in the battle was the Polish counteroffensive, known as the Battle of the Bzura. It was the largest and most significant Polish offensive of the campaign, where they attempted to encircle and cut off a part of the German army. This counterattack, led by General Tadeusz Kutrzyba, saw initial success. The Poles managed to push back some German units, creating a momentary disruption in the German advance. It provided a glimmer of hope and showed the resilience and fighting capability of the Polish forces. However, the lack of coordinated Allied support and the overwhelming German response eventually led to the counteroffensive's failure. This battle, though ultimately unsuccessful, stands as a testament to the bravery and tactical acumen of the Polish forces. These tactics, maneuvers, and countermaneuvers paint a picture of a dynamic and fiercely contested siege, 
a struggle not just of arms but of wits and wills. Quick sponsor break folks. From the mind behind the History AI podcast comes an electrifying journey into the past. A ripple through time, Franklin's folly. Dive into a tale where Benjamin Franklin, America's beloved inventor, takes an unexpected journey through time. But with his leap, he unleashes a powerful ripple. Now, with dark forces lurking in the shadows, harnessing this energy to shatter and enslave the world, it's a race against time. Will Franklin fix the future? Or will history rewrite itself? Uncover the secrets. A ripple through time, Franklin's folly. Time has never been more fragile. On Amazon now, welcome back. As the Battle of Warsaw reached its climax, the outcome began to take shape, signaling not just the fate of a city but also setting a precedent for the rest of World War II. Despite their valiant efforts, the Polish forces were overwhelmed. The German strategy of encirclement, combined with their superior firepower and numbers, proved to be decisive. By late September, Warsaw was surrounded, cut off from any possible reinforcements. The siege itself was brutal. The German bombardment of Warsaw was relentless. Civilian areas, historical landmarks, and key infrastructure were not spared, leading to significant civilian casualties and widespread destruction. The Polish command, realizing the futility of further resistance and the unnecessary loss of civilian life, decided to surrender. On September 27, 1939, after weeks of intense fighting Warsaw capitulated. This marked a significant victory for Germany and a devastating blow to Poland. The fall of Warsaw had far-reaching implications. It demonstrated the effectiveness of blitzkrieg tactics, reshaping modern warfare. The speed and ferocity of the German advance sent shockwaves across Europe and the world. In the broader context of World War II, the fall of Warsaw was a critical moment. It signaled the near-complete occupation of Poland, leading to its division between Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union. As per the secret protocol of the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact, the occupation of Poland also had dire consequences for the Polish population. The Nazi regime implemented brutal policies of repression, persecution, and systematic extermination, particularly against the Jewish community, marking the beginning of the Holocaust. Moreover, the fall of Warsaw and the defeat of Poland prompted the United Kingdom and France to declare war on Germany, though their response was initially limited. This marked the beginning of World War II in earnest, setting the stage for a global conflict that would last six years and claim millions of lives. The Battle of Warsaw, thus, was not just a military confrontation, it was a turning point in history, profoundly influencing the course of the Second World War and shaping the geopolitical landscape of the 20th century. The aftermath of the Battle of Warsaw was profound and far-reaching, leaving a lasting impact on Poland, Europe, and the broader course of World War II. First and foremost, the human cost was staggering. Polish military casualties were heavy, with tens of thousands killed, wounded, or captured. But the civilian toll was even more heartbreaking. Thousands of civilians lost their lives during the siege, and the city itself was left in ruins. The psychological impact on the Polish population was immense. The defeat, coupled with the brutal occupation that followed, led to widespread despair and hardship. The German occupation was marked by severe oppression, mass executions, and the beginning of the Holocaust, which saw the Jewish population in Poland face unimaginable horrors. The fall of Warsaw also had significant military and political repercussions. It marked the end of the September campaign, 
the first major military campaign of World War II, and resulted in the complete occupation of Poland by Germany and the Soviet Union, as per their non-aggression pact. This event dramatically shifted the balance of power in Europe. It not only emboldened Hitler's regime but also exposed the weaknesses of the pre-war European diplomatic system. The failure of France and Britain to effectively aid Poland prompted a re-evaluation of military strategies against Germany. In the broader context of World War II, the Battle of Warsaw set a precedent for the German blitzkrieg tactics that would be employed in the early years of the war. The success of these tactics in Poland led to their use in the invasions of France, the Low Countries, and initially, the Soviet Union. On a more inspirational note, the resistance of the Polish people during the siege became a symbol of courage and resilience. It inspired not only Polish resistance movements during the occupation, but also other nations under the threat or reality of Nazi domination. The legacy of the Battle of Warsaw is also evident in the post-war world. It served as a stark reminder of the horrors of war and the need for international cooperation to prevent such conflicts. The establishment of the United Nations and the emphasis on collective security can be seen, in part, as a response to the failures that led to World War II. And let's not forget the enduring memory of the battle in Polish national consciousness. It's a symbol of national sacrifice and the struggle for freedom, commemorated in Poland and by Polish communities worldwide. The Battle of Warsaw, therefore, was more than just a military engagement. It was a moment that changed the course of history, with a legacy that continues to resonate in our world today. As we close this episode, let's reflect on the lessons of Warsaw, the resilience in the face of adversity, the costs of war, and the enduring spirit of those who fought for their home and freedom. Thank you, listeners, for joining us on this journey through one of the pivotal moments of the 20th century. Remember to rate, follow, and share the History AI podcast. And don't forget, you can suggest future topics through our social media channels. Your input shapes our journey through history. Until next time, keep exploring, keep learning, and keep remembering. Goodbye.